Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look back at Talladega. We did not have the big one, so we'll talk about what went down there and the thoughts and how the bets made out with our strategy from last week at Talladega. Then we'll get into some of the playoff talk, where we're at right now on the bubble, who's you know in, who's out, any championship conversation with the odds now that are out there right now to win the title and then we will set our sights on the cutoff race it's the charlotte roval so we'll talk about some outrights that we like some conversation about you know why we like certain drivers in certain spots here and uh, get into some finishing position bets and i'm going to run some of these bets that i'm calling out here past our guests this week that's because after that finishing position segment, we will welcome on Speedway, Steve Two. The two, you could say, stands for the two guys that are behind that account, uh, Phil and Steve. They have been on the podcast multiple times uh, last year and this year. Happy to have them back once again. They are just on fire right now with their picks in NASCAR. So we're going to be really excited to talk with them about everything that's going on with them. The picks for the Roval, we're going to get a little full tank face-off together here with head-to-head matchups. It's going to be a great time talking with those guys. So um, stay tuned for them halfway through the episode. So we'll take a look back now at Talladega. This is not the recap that I was expecting to give. It was a calm Talladega race, which, you know, when you kind of think about it, the way that this part of the season has gone, the way the playoffs have gone, just the fact that everything's been so crazy up until now and now we get to the one track that just breeds craziness and it's nice and calm no big ones no monster wrecks no you know people laying in the back um, surviving that sort of thing that is just totally on par with what we've seen it's it's comical at this point Um, we saw you know the people that chose to wait in the back just got left hanging out to dry because the big one did not come and it was pretty interesting. So the my weekend and my, you know, absorbing the race kind of started on Saturday. I was driving home from a trip up the mountains uh, to play some golf and didn't have much to um, listen to at that point. So I listened to NASCAR radio and qualifying and, you know, anybody that's done that knows that they're really riffing for time during qualifying, and they got a chance to really talk to a ton of different drivers. And the big question of the day is, what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to hang in the back, or are you going to just race and, and try to get up front? And it was really, you know, split. It was kind of a, it seemed as if it was more of a, a comical question to the drivers when they got it. Like, oh, you know, we really don't know. Some guys, you know, were pretty up front. Just saying, you know, I, I like sitting in the back. Um, it didn't work out for us last time when we went for it. Um, so I'm I'm going to sit in the back. And uh, Joey Logano was one 
that said, well, you know, I don't really understand that. Uh, I'm going to pretty much just run my race. So he had the opposite approach. Well, Logano, for whatever reason, chose to hang in the back after saying that multiple times throughout the weekend to reporters who were asking him. He ended up going to the back and it really backfired. I mean, if you look at Logano, he was the points leader and he was banking on the big one and it did not work out. So the reason why I'm calling this out is because next time when we go to Talladega or or Daytona next year, I think you're going to see people kind of remembering this like, man, that strategy just does not work out. People could, um, you know, think that the big one's going to happen, but uh, they're just going to still go for it because you don't want to be left hanging out to dry. Logano left so many points on the board. He's now like fifth in the points. I don't know if that's going to come into a, a big factor here, but if he runs into trouble early at the Roval, man, everyone's going to be looking at that decision, which how could you, you know, fault them for making that call? Uh, because it's how they, how do they not wreck, right? That was the other thing. So my, other part of the, the weekend was I did not see the start of the race. Um, I was at the Eagles game playing against uh, Skybox NASCAR's Jaguars, and uh, the Eagles came back and won that game, got absolutely drenched, poured nonstop during that game, uh, but made it home to see the end of the race, and I was surprised as everybody else. I was seeing things on Twitter and people saying, you know, well, this race is kind of boring, and that kind of took me by surprise. While I was at the game, all I was doing was just pulling up the NASCAR app and just scrolling down to the bottom to see who was out, <laughs> to see if any of my guys were out of the race. And I was shocked, you know, as we're leaving, looking and seeing like, wow, there's really not that many drivers out. All of the playoff drivers were finishing the race. Like that's pretty impressive considering the fact that this is just such a large, like looming race in the playoffs and everybody really survived. Um, so as far as the race goes at the end, I think Chase winning it, final restart, you know, uh, overtime or, you know, green-white checker type of deal. He starts fifth, wins the race. I think that's kind of uh, an impressive feat, right? You know, people would say that that's pretty entertaining. I liked the fact that um, Blaney didn't try to block Chase at the end because if he did, that I think really would have caused so much chaos um, and carnage that would have been unnecessary. You know, Blaney is doing a good job right now, pointing himself into this next round. If he had done that, I don't know where he would have finished, uh, but he would have taken out a ton of different guys and, and we could have seen more injuries because at this point in the season, we don't want to see more head injuries of these player playoff drivers, um, you know, impacting the rest of the, the way. So I liked how he didn't block. They kept it clean survived the announcers were just like on the edge of their seats saying like this this can't continue and sure enough it did like they proved that they're you know the best drivers in the world for a reason so um as far as the bets went it was feeling pretty good on the last restart we had eric jones who was leading them back to green he was plus three thousand i believe um and and if you remember our strategy was to take one unit and spread it around a bunch of different drivers and jones would have been a, a good hit i can't remember i had a, a couple dogs in that fight but at the end of the day the two guys who were chalk chase and blaney were the ones battling for it at the very end so um, missed out on the outright there but uh, i'm fine with it that was kind of the the thing we we reserved um that you know came to that reservation at the end of the the podcast last week and hey it worked out 
the way it did. Now, as far as the other bets were concerned, I, I did call out two head-to-heads that I went pretty heavy on last week, and one of them involved Chase, Chase versus Byron. Um, that cleaned up easily. And then Cindric over Bell, uh, that was another easy one. Um, you know, and, and Derek Yoder actually called that one out on NASCAR nation. And he had texted me when I was at the Eagles, I got a text that said like bell pit road penalty incoming. And I was like, what is Derek like getting something from the, the NASCAR, uh, officials. But like, I, you know, I couldn't really pull my phone out with the pouring rain. So I, I just let it go. And, uh, basically he was Notre Dame predicting the future. And, um, that was, you know, pretty impressive. So happy that those two head-to-heads hit. I had both of those in a parlay in addition, and uh, so did pretty well there. The disappointment, though, Ty Dillon. I was really jocking Ty last week on pretty much any show that I went on, and he really didn't come through for me. Um, did not show much, which was disappointing because that's probably the last time we'll bet on him. So um, that was a bit of a letdown. But um, all in all, you escaped Talladega with all the playoff drivers kind of intact. Your bets did pretty well. Um, hey, all in all, good weekend. Now, um, looking at the title situation for the championship, the odds right now, um, Chase Elliott is plus 300. Now, I, I think at this point, I'm going to have to pull the trigger on Chase. I, I do have a free $50 bet um, from one of the books that I have, and I'm going to throw that in there most likely just because um, he seems to have a good path to the Final Four. And we know that he's won Phoenix in that spot before. He's been very good this year, just kind of being there, even if he doesn't you know qualify well. So his path with all these points that he's racked up, it seems like he has a good shot. So I think because you're not going to see plus 300 on race day at Phoenix, if Chase is in it, that's what, you know, is really driving me to that point. Um, I, I don't want to be in Phoenix, him in the race saying, man, I wish I had him at three to one, even though those odds seem ridiculous right now. Uh, he's just got it going on right now. Uh, Chastain at plus 700. That's a, another bet that I went in on, you know, before Talladega's race, and he seems to be doing really well. I also have Blaney, Hamlin, and Logano um, for the championship as well. Some other guys, though, that I placed bets on throughout the season. Byron, he's in trouble. Um, that doesn't look good. And uh, I, don't, I don't think I have a Bowman bet, but that is obviously um, cooked at this moment. So then the question is, do you want to take a shot on anybody who is, you know, really outside. Um, and that's where we start talking about the playoffs because I mentioned how Byron isn't doing well. Uh, Bell needs to win, you know, and, and he's somebody that I don't, you know, think he's going to get that win. So man, he looked real strong at one point in this year, the first round of the playoffs, he was phenomenal. Talked about taking him for a, a championship bet and, uh, 12 to one. And now here he is, a win, must-win situation. Really a shame there. So then the the conversation really gets to Cindric and Briscoe. They are on the bubble, tied, zero points separating them. Uh, it comes down to a tiebreaker. And that question is interesting because if you assume that one of those two guys is in, they're both plus 5,000 right now to win the championship. Do you throw a little you know fun on that? Because if they sneak into the round of eight, 
could they sneak into the Final Four and then all bets are off? I, I don't know. I don't think either of those two guys is winning the championship, but it's kind of fun to have that super long shot bet at this point in the season. It just um, gets the juices flowing a little bit. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, it's it's Briscoe, Sindrick on the line. Then you got Byron minus 11. So he could still point his way in if somebody runs into trouble. Bell isn't a must win, and Bowman is officially out. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be a, an interesting cutoff race, especially if somebody – who's above the cut line runs into issues early. So let's get to that race. The cutoff race is the Roval. I think that NASCAR has done a really good job uh, putting this race together. You know, when they first came up with this concept, I was a little skeptical, but it has been four years now since they started doing this. And I think it's worked out, you know. Um, It's been exciting pretty much every year that we go to this Roval uh, in the the four-year history can't really complain about it. I mean, the first time we had Blaney as his, um, you know, he, he became a pretty lucky dog there as two of the leaders wrecked right in front of him. And he, he snagged the victory. Um, so when you're looking at your stats, you kind of have to keep that in mind. But he is still pretty legit at this racetrack. Um, you had Chase win back-to-back races, and then Larson um, cleaned it up last year. And uh, last year we had a bunch of drama, right? This was the race that we had the uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Off Season. We had Harvick getting into chase, then Harvick wrecking himself, looking in the rear view. Um, and that turn one is is vicious, man, you know, if we get late restarts. So this is a fun race. I think so. Um, I, You know, people love certain, you know, Watkins Glen gets a, a lot of the true road course love. Uh, but this is a, a very fun race, and I'm glad that it's in the playoffs. So, Let's take a look at the track stats. Now, all season, I've been calling out, you know, the, the full, and when we get to like Road America and, and we go to Coda, I talk about the full length of uh, road courses in the NASCAR Cup Series history, but we've got four now in the, the dock here for the Roval. So I think that's enough to kind of use its own track stats. Four races in the span of this racetrack. Nobody has started from the pole. The winner has started in the top five one time, but started in the top 10 three of the four times. Nobody has started outside of the top 20. Chevy has won three in a row. Um, and, you know, that's important to know. Obviously, we called out how Blaney won the inaugural race, but uh, I think it was Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex that got into it. So Johnson, obviously another Chevy there, um, had a chance to win that race. Chevy's won three straight since, and Chevy has won every single road course since the Daytona road course, which kicked off the 2021 road course season. So just uh, pure dominance. They have figured out that that organization has figured out their road course program better than anyone. And there's no disputing that. And it's just a, a plethora of drivers as well. I mean, you're looking at Chase Elliott as the favorite once again, but This is the sixth road course of the year, and Chase hasn't won on a road course yet. That's how good Chevy has been. So let's talk about our data set that we're looking at, because it's interesting. I think I'm feeling pretty confident going into this Roval race, because we have those four tracks, or excuse me, four races at this track to go off of. That's a pretty decent amount, you know, four-year span, and that's also giving us a lot of these drivers who have been a part of that. And then... Like I said, this is the sixth road course of this year. So 2022, that next-gen car, you know, really coming alive here. We've got those races to go off of, and that's really where I think we want to spend a lot of our time when we're calling people out. You know, we'll 
call out average finish and, and green flag speed or total speed, you know, who's been good this year. And if they're good at the Roval, that's a, a cherry on the top because this car definitely makes all the difference. I mentioned how Chase is the favorite. Totally makes sense. Even though he doesn't have a win this season, his stats are through the roof um, this year, as well as at the Roval. I mean, he, he's first in every category, no matter where you're looking. If it's at the Roval, history, or this year, Chase Elliott is the top dog. So it makes sense that he would be the favorite. I was wondering where they would have him, and he's plus 500 on DraftKings, plus 400 on other sports books. So pretty low here. Um and kind of scared off by Chase a little bit just because, you know, winter hangover from last week, he locked himself in and he consistently is the favorite at these tracks and he hasn't gotten it done. So um, that's why I'm a little nervous about just jumping all over the nine car this weekend. Uh, he hasn't won despite being incredible at road courses. So, you know, I think I'd be more inclined to take a top three on Chase uh, at plus 150. That is something that I'm kind of hanging around with because the difference between, you know, plus 150 and plus 400, depending on what your book is, um, it's not crazy. But if Chase finishes third, you know, you still cash. So uh, that is something, you know, just speaking to the favorite here, that is something that I'll look at. I am taking someone who is more chalky, um, as we'll get to my outright picks here. But I, I want to start, I, I'd like to call out three drivers here. And I want to start kind of in the the plus 1500 range. And we're going to talk about a, a couple guys who are probably road course guys. I'm saying that with air quotes. So the first guy I could see him being a trendy pick. I haven't seen a ton of people talking about him yet, but I also haven't listened to a bunch of other people's podcasts yet. So I, I usually hear that um, later in the week. And it's Austin Sindrick. I'm anxious to see how many people are on Austin Sindrick this week. I was kind of surprised. He was going off at plus 1,500, 15 to 1 for Sindrick. He's got great odds for a playoff driver with these numbers. So just a lot of like checking a lot of different boxes here right off the bat. Good odds. He's a playoff driver and he's got really good numbers here. Now, no cup starts at the Roval. He did not start um, last year before he was an official full-time driver. So, you know, we got to keep that in mind, but he does have four Xfinity starts here and his average finish is 3.5. He's got three top fives and he's four for four finishing the top 10, hundred percent hit rate there in the Xfinity series. So we knew in the Xfinity series, Austin Cindric was a hell of a road course driver. And you know, those stats really speak to that 3.5 average finish. That is damn good. In 2022, you might be saying, well, you know, can he hang with the big boys? The answer to that question is 100% yes. He has two top fives and again, four top tens through five races. And there's only five drivers in the field that have four top tens. He's five for five finishing in the top 15. And that might not seem phenomenal when we're talking about someone to win the race, but he finishes races. That's what we're trying to call out there. He's only one of two drivers who can say that. So that's pretty impressive. And if you got a driver who can just keep the car on the track, he can be there in the end. This is a, a track, especially 
with that dreaded first turn, if you're there in the end and there's a late restart, chaos can unfold potentially. And he, you know, even if he's been shuffled back to that point, he might be able to snag some spots on uh, somebody getting, you know, squirrely. So his average finish on road courses this season is 7.0. That's second in the field. His road course total speed is seventh out of everyone. So really good spot to be in right now if you're taking him at 15 to 1. Now, the other stat that I want to call out about Cindric, I, I love this stat and I, I say it all the time. And usually when I call it out, it does come to fruition. Like the guy who we're calling out with this stat that I'm about to get to usually performs pretty well at that track. So I'm talking about, of course, the last 10% of the race. Drivers who gain positions on average in the last 10% of the race, there's usually an explanation behind it. And uh, Sindrick, his average running position, you know, it, it's not phenomenal when we're calling someone out to win the race, but in the last 10% of the race, he gains 5.0 average spots. That is good enough for second, and it's only behind Cole Custer. And if you're looking the, at the list, a lot of times that stat, you need to kind of sift through it a little bit because the guys who are gaining those positions are, you know, further down the average finish sheet, right? These are back markers sometimes who just gain a lot of spots because some other back markers fall off. He is head and shoulders, got the best stat there at 5.0 and combined with the best average finish. Like there's no one within like the top 15 of that stat that can come and hold a candle to him. So um, he's gaining positions late. That's somebody that really we like. Now, if you want a top five bet on Cendric, just if you want something else on Cendric, right? Top five, because he's, you know, two for five this year on that. He's plus 200. That's pretty good value for Austin Cendric. I mean, he's proven his average finish is second out of everyone. Um, and I really love him versus Briscoe in a head-to-head -head matchup. I'm, I'm planning on bringing a lot of these. I know I'm calling out a lot of different bets here. I'm going to do the same for a couple of these other guys, but I, I definitely want to get the opinions uh, of Phil and Steve later when we talk to those guys in the uh, guest section here. So uh, I love Cindric this week. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a trendy pick or not. We'll see. We'll have to listen to some other people talk, but um, I think that he shows a lot of promise and the value is there. So the next guy that I'm calling out is AJ Allmendinger. And, you know, this is kind of trying to play into the fact that the season's been wonky here. So he's plus 1,200, 12 to 1. And Allmendinger, to me, has always been kind of a, a tricky driver to handicap because the fact that he's not a full-time driver, but he's always really good at road courses and he dominates the Xfinity Series. It's just really tough to kind of grasp him, right? Because... When you say, oh, you know, I'm done with him, um, betting on him in the, the Cup Series, he goes out and he, you know, finishes really well. Uh, or he goes and, and shocks everybody at the Indy Road Course last year. Like, he's proven he can do it, even though he's not a points-paying driver. But th with that segue, the news this week is that he signed on to race full-time next year for that team in the 16 car. So I think that that is just great news. I was kind of confused when they got the charter to race they got the two charters to race in the cup series and they gave it to haley now um I, I think that i heard at that time that aj was kind of saying like no let the young guy shine he takes over but it seemed natural that aj would be the guy to lead that charter to run the second team as kind of a makeshift team you know a driver by committee type thing interesting move just getting guys you know cup time 
but I'm glad that they are finally just kind of saying, all right, we're, we're done messing around here. AJ gives us the best chance to win. Let's make sure he's in this uh, full time. So I'm happy that that's the case. So that's good momentum there. And there are a lot of different things that I like about AJ this weekend at 12 to one. First of all, his odds are really good. I mean, that, that value for one of the best road course racers in the sport, not even just the cup series, but like in the sport overall, 12 to one is really good when you're looking at somebody like Chase four to one, right? I would say you could put those two head to head. I mean, they're, they're battling. Um, now Xfinity, his numbers in the Xfinity series are unbeatable, actually unbeatable. I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. He's raced at the Roval three times in the Xfinity series, and he has never lost three wins in three starts. That is saying that this driver knows how to get around this joint and he really likes it. He'll be driving the Xfinity series on Saturday, which, you know, more track time you can get the better. So I, I really like that. And uh, in his cup series history, uh, he started in the 47 car in 2018. He started second in that race. He finished seventh. So that was a, a while back in the 47 car. Um, last year, he led five laps, but he had engine trouble in the, uh, the Cog racing machine. So 2022 is where we want to focus, right? How's he doing this year? Well, uh, he's got the ninth best finish. He started all five races thus far in the, the Cup Series uh, while doing the Xfinity gig as well. So ninth best average finish. He's got one top five, three top tens. And if you look at his season, he has improved literally every single race. First race of the year was 33rd. Then he improved to 19, then ninth, then seventh. And then at Watkins Glen, with a little bit of wonkiness on the restart with Larson and Chase, he ends up finishing second. So if that trend were to continue of constant improvement to a racetrack that he, as we documented, absolutely loves, you see AJ in victory lane here in the Cup Series. So plus 1,200, man, that's really good value for someone with these numbers. And also a head-to-head -head versus Byron as well. Um, give me that all day, every day. I'm not going to get into William Byron stats, but AJ is just too good to pass up there in that matchup. So um, I like AJ to win the race and uh, also in that matchup as well. So now we will talk about our last guy, and this is a little bit more chalky pick. It's Tyler Reddick. He's plus 600. So six to one, you know, I know that he's pretty uh, low here or, or short here on the odds board, but I don't want to get beat by Tyler Reddick. You know, if Chase goes out and he gets it done at, at super short odds, I'm fine getting beat by Chase. You know, I'll probably have him in a head-to-head -head matchup somewhere or, or, like I said, the top three. But uh, I don't want to lose to Reddick, right? If I'm taking some of these bigger swings at these other guys that I just called out and Reddick goes and gets it done, I, I don't want to miss out on that. Um, so last year, he started 27th. This is a Cup Series ride, remember. Started 27th and finished second. So he moved his way all the way through the field, showed some signs of excellence. We probably should have taken note to that as we were starting the road course um, schedule this year. I mean, don't forget, I mean, he cashed a, a big ticket for this podcast at Road America um, earlier this year, one of his uh, 
wins this season. His average finish compared to everyone, he's only got two Cup Series starts on the Roval when everybody else has four, and most other drivers have four. But um, if you're comparing him in that data set, he's fourth in average finish. So something to be said for that, 7.0 in two starts. Now, in 2022, he's been the fourth fastest car as far as total speed is concerned and the second best driver rating on road courses, 110.7. That is wild. Anybody over 100 is really good. 110 is trying to tell you, man, he knows what he's doing. Again, just second to Chase Elliott. Two wins this year, three top fives, four top tens. He's been super consistent on road courses. I mean, it, he's somebody that, like I said, I, I don't want to get beat by him. He's led laps on four of the five tracks this season. So you're going to see this car out front most likely. And uh, his average finish this season is fifth, 9.8. So he's been really strong this part of the season as well. Like led laps... As far as current form is concerned, three of the last four races, he's led laps. Four of the last six races, he's led laps. Um, now, I know leading laps is not the equivalent to winning the race, but he does have that win at Texas where, you know, it was a battle of attrition. Everybody was blowing up all over the place. He got the job done, and he's just been getting really strong finishes. So um, this is a driver who's out of the playoffs. I think you could see them taking, you know, bigger swings and uh, just really not bothering him or the team that the contract situation has unfolded the way it did, right? I, I kind of would have thought that we'd see something more like Kyle Busch, where he's essentially checked out. Redick is really performing well, and the team seems to be there as well. So uh, they're fighting for wins, and I like that. So 6-1, to one, I'm happy with Redick. So lock me in for him as well. So the three drivers are calling out. Sindrick plus 1,500 Dinger plus 1200 and Redick plus 600 and all those other little bets will be called out in between. Just want to wish them a, a, a merry off season and a happy Christmas. All right, so let's get to some finishing position bets. And I'm really excited about some of these because, like I said, with this data set, we've got a good amount of information on the Roval. We've got a great amount of information on the road courses from this year. It really allows us to pick some of these bets and feel very confident in them. And I, I can't wait to riff off of these as well with Phil and Steve later to see what they think. Because if they're on these as well, then I'm really confident. If they're kind of giving me some reason to hesitate a little bit, um, then I might be looking to cash some of these out early. But the first one, I got two top tens to call out and uh, and then a, a team bet. So Chris Busher is minus 110. I know that we like to call out plus money bets when we're talking about top 10 specifically, but Chris Busher at minus 110 is something that I absolutely cannot pass up. I don't understand this line. I just don't get it. He's got four career starts at the Roval, one top 10. So maybe that's what the, the books are looking at there saying, well, he's only got one top 10. But the fact is he came last year and he came in third place. So that's impressive to you know kind of have that. And it's no surprise that he finished third. I think we were on him last year to finish in the top 10 at a better value than minus 110. So I guess they're learning a little bit. But in 2022, he is absolutely shining, all right, on road courses specifically. But Busher has had a, a really good year overall, I think, for that team. Um, he's fifth in total speed on road courses this year in all of NASCAR. Fourth in average finish, 9.6, one top five. But here's the big one, 
four top tens in five races. So what is this disrespect? There are so many other drivers that are way ahead of him. Denny Hamlin, for example, his top 10 number was like minus 250 or something like that. Get out of here. He has not had that type of season. Then we're looking at Chris Busher getting minus 110. That's why I'm like, damn, I got to snag this quick here. So Hopefully you can get that at that number because he's worth it. I would take Busher up to maybe like minus 130 even. Um, I, I really think that he's going to be coming out swinging. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled on various books for, you know, who he is up against. Um, on DraftKings right now for a head-to-head -head matchup, he's going against this next guy that I'm going to be calling out for a top 10. And I don't want anything to do with that matchup. But uh, keep your eyes peeled for, for Busher. If you can see him matched up with some of these other drivers in head-to-head -head matchups. But minus 110 for a top 10, I really, really like it. Now, the next guy that I'm calling out, I feel like when I call out Busher throughout this season on the podcast, when I've called out Busher, I usually, for whatever reason, call out this next guy right behind him, and it's Michael McDowell. And McDowell is actually getting plus 100 for a top 10. And that's even more disrespectful. All right. He's got no top 10s in his career at the Roval. His best finish was 12th. So maybe that's what the books are looking at, but they're definitely not looking at this year. Plus 100. I would actually think that these lines should be maybe swapped a little bit. Um, plus 100 for Busher, minus 110 for McDowell. But hey, we'll, we'll double down on McDowell if we need to. His 2022 season has been great. All right. One of two drivers, called out Cindric being the other one earlier, that have finished five for five, top 15. That is huge, especially when we're talking about a top 10 bet, because he's going to give you that opportunity to come through there. His average finish is third best in NASCAR in 2022 on these road courses, 7.6, well within the top 10 range there on that average finish. He's got four top 10s already. So, I mean, an 80% hit rate through five races for this bet. I absolutely love this. He's seventh in green flag speed or total speed on road courses. This value is phenomenal. Get it while you can. I feel like other people are going to be on this earlier in the week. You know, you'd have to expect that he'll qualify pretty decent. Um, so, try to get him while he's plus money. I, I can't imagine that lasts for long. And if it does, man, take advantage of it again on the weekend. Like, uh, waiting to see what Barstool's top 10 lines are. They've kind of been coming back to earth as of late, um, where as before, we used to see them really give us a lot of good value on the top 10s, but lately not so much. Um, if he's more than plus 100, I'll probably take him on that book as well. So these two are going up against each other. Like I said, uh, in the head-to-head -head matchup, Busher is minus 120 to McDowell's plus 100. Um, I, I, I think these guys are going to be running around each other all race. So uh, it's a tough one. I think the default answer, if you had to choose, would be, well, I'm going to take the guy who's plus money because they really should be even odds. But um, I, I don't even want anything to do with it. I want McDowell versus somebody else, and I want Busher versus somebody else because if I see them, I'm, I'm taking them. So um, if you see it on a certain book, you let me know, please. Um, definitely want in on that. The last bet that I'm calling out here in the finishing position segment is a team bet. So, or I guess a manufacturer bet is a better way to put it. Um, Christopher Bell, top Toyota. All right. Plus 250. I, from the moment Talladega ended, I wrote down on my notepad. I, I've got like a little notebook that I carry around for all my bets. And, you know, call me 
insane. It's just kind of what I do to keep me um, so I don't have to keep looking through my phone every single time I want to look at something. And uh, I wrote in my notebook, Christopher Bell, Top Toyota. And, and I was just dying to see what the odds were going to be when they released. And I thought that they might throw some shade at him a little bit. And I would say that shade has been thrown. He is not the favorite. So let's take advantage of it. Let's crush this bet. Looking back at his Cup Series career at the Roval, it's not fantastic, right? Not great. But in 2022, he isn't even close to any other Toyotas. Like he's head and shoulders better than everybody else. He's eighth in average finish compared to all NASCAR drivers in the Cup Series. 13.6 is average finish on road courses. And, and this is all under the umbrella of the fact that Toyota has really been underperforming on road courses. For whatever reason, they just chose not to invest in their road course program this year. I don't know. But that's the, that's the starting point. That's the foundation of this bet. It's that Toyota stinks on road courses. Well, who's been their diamond in the rough? Christopher Bell. He's been, like I said, eighth overall in average finish. And the next best guy is Truex at 18th. So that's a difference of 13.6 average finish for Bell and 17.6 average finish for Truex. He is one, the best Toyota, two of the five races that we've had so far this year. So I think he's going to go three for six. Um, his total speed is ninth best. And as far as the other Toyotas are concerned, the, the next closest guy to him as far as total speed on road courses, Kyle Busch at 16th. And I don't think Kyle Busch is going to be bringing anything to the table this weekend. Like I said, his mind is elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, plus 250. When I saw that number, I was like, yes. You know, Denny Hamlin is going off as the favorite at plus 200. Again, the Hamlin lines don't make much sense to me whatsoever. If he goes out and wins this race or, or dominates and looks really well, I'll eat crow. I'll be fine with that. But the stats are definitely leading me away from the 11 car. Um, so give me the 20, 100% plus 250. Now, the other things that I'll throw out there, I know I said that was the last bet, but um, looking through some of the weekly specials, when we get to you know certain track types, we've seen certain success with the manufacturer finishing positions um, that bet has come through for us a number of different times this season. So I don't want to forget about it, right? Chevy right now to finish 1-2 is going off at plus 175. I really like that bet. We talked about earlier in the episode how Chevy has just been completely dominating. If they were to go out and win the race, I want to be a part of that. So, um, you know, like we talked about AJ and Redick, right? If those are two guys that we like to win the race, they could finish 1-2. Then you throw in people like Chase, people like Larson. Um, Chevy to finish 1-2 really makes a lot of sense to me. And at plus 175, you know, I, I really like that. Um, I know it's pretty short, but uh, compared, especially compared to some of these other ones, you know, I, I, right now Ford is plus 900. Um, so that <laughs> shows you the difference. And Toyota is plus 2000. I don't think we're going to see a, a Toyota 1-2 finish. Um, Ford might be fun just to sprinkle in in case some of their guys step up. But Chevy, to me, seems like a, a very obvious play. And uh, I don't want to be left out in the rain. Now, manufacturer to finish 1-2-3 plus 160. It's actually shorter than Chevy just finishing 1-2 by themselves. So that's kind of a peculiar thing there. I don't really understand that. I would have thought to finish 1-2-3 would have been a little bit tougher. But um, hey, it, I don't know what their algorithm is telling us there. So I might stay away from that one just because I don't like that. But I'll go back to the well there for Chevy, plus 175 to finish 1-2. The last thing I'm going to call out is Alex Bowman being out. It's really uh, upsetting because I had him 
uh, earmarked in my notebook to take on a top 10 as well. Um, so that really stinks. He is once again out for concussion protocol and really ashamed to see, you know, what's going on there. I spoke at length about the, the car and the safety when I was on with um, Skybox NASCAR and Rory Picks on Lane Coin last week. Uh, great conversation with those guys um, overall, but we spent a decent amount of time talking about the safety. And then sure enough, Alex Bowman comes out with a concussion on a hit that looked pretty insignificant. So um, really a shame for gamblers not being able to take him, but uh, even more of a shame that his playoff season is over. So um, anyway, let's recap the segment here. We like Chris Busher, minus 110, top 10. Michael McDowell, plus 100 for a top 10. Christopher Bell, plus 250 for the best Toyota. And we definitely like that Chevy 1-2 finish at plus 175. Can I do again? Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. So now we've got the point of the podcast where we're going to bring on a guest, and it's actually two guests, two for the price of one. It's the duo behind Speedway Steve 2. It's Phil and Steve. These guys, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard these guys last year. They've been on this year. Um, happy to have them back on because if you've been following them on Twitter, you are having a great, successful NASCAR betting season. That is for sure. They're putting out some good picks. So we're going to talk with them about their process, their podcast, do a little face-off, and um, see what else they have going on. So without further ado, let's bring on Phil and Steve from Speedway Steve 2. All right, now we are very thankful to welcome on once again the duo from Speedway Steve to the account on Twitter. It's Phil, it's Steve. They are returning guests of the podcast. Happy to have them back once again. Phil, Steve, how are you doing tonight? Man, great, Phil. It's always just an absolute honor to come on this show. You are the OG of NASCAR gambling. You're a hero to, to both Steve and I, I'm sure, and I'm just just thrilled to be back. Love having you guys on because you lay it on thick. I appreciate it. <laughs> we want to come back. <laughs> well, Steve, how are you uh, making out tonight? I'm doing okay, man. Um, like you said, second time here. Um, thrilled to be back. You know, feel a bit more comfortable this time around. Just I kind kind of know what to expect, you know. So um, things ready to go and just. I'm ready to start talking. I love talking uh, with you guys on here, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And and Steve, you were on, uh, and, and Phil, you were uh, a listener uh, a couple weeks back. I was able to chat with you, Steve, on the, the NASCAR betting preview show on Twitter, um, which is every Wednesday night, and that was fun to do. Um, so, yeah, you guys have been on a tear this season. I mean, the, the picks, so it's Following you guys on Twitter, like I said, at Speedway Steve too. That's where you can get picks um, that you guys put out. And I just feel like, you know, each week I'm in, you know, we're in a larger Twitter chat as well. And, and each week after, you know, I kind of see how the smoke settles with my own stuff. And then I'll, I'll fire up Twitter or whatever. And I'll hop on and be like, God, those guys are on whoever won again, <laughs> like crazy. Um, so phenomenal year. Uh, how how have you guys been, you know, hitting these winners? I mean, some major, major long shots, um, just like kind of 
doing nose to the grindstone type of thing? Do you feel like you're kind of getting a little lucky or do you think that it's just all kind of coming together and it feels good? Um, well, I'll start and, and Steve can, can build on it, I'm sure. But in the beginning of the year, it was tough. I mean, n- none of us had any, any data on this new car. And I think we kind of underestimated how different the results would be. I mean, you know, NASCAR was advertising it like everybody has a chance now. And, you know, we would look at last year's data and be like, well, you know, we'd we'd land on all the same guys. And we worked ourselves into a 40 unit hole uh, with that method until our data set sort of caught up. So I think we've, I think we're up 80.86 units so far year to date. So we went from that 40 unit hole to an 80 unit uh, positive push, you know, 120, 20 unit, uh, you know, flip there, which has been awesome. And, you know, as, as far as finding winners uh, I think it's just, we do a, a, a good job of number one, landing on the right guy. You, you have to do that. But also our, our bankroll management is, is great. I mean, we'll, we'll never, um, You'll never see us with like a three-unit supermax whale play lock bomb. Like none of that, none of that happens. We just we chip away every single week. We always have a unit to a unit and a half of win wagers, you know, split amongst three, four, five guys, whatever. And you know, it, it's all about that unit allocation. So the the head-to-heads pay the bills. So I, I think we're up year to date 54 units on just head-to-heads alone. And then the rest is all all icing on the cake. So Steve can probably talk more about the methodology of getting there. Um, but I'm, I'm just the, the spreadsheet guy. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess I'll expand a little bit on like our, um, our methods uh, this year, as Phil said, beginning of the season, we'd use a lot of track history and I, I don't vividly remember exactly when, you know, thing is kind of flipped, but there's no doubt that, um, when we started to collect, you know, this year's, uh, you know, s- statistics and s- et cetera, numbers, uh, and we were able to apply them, we saw a huge turnaround. And it's gonna, that was kind of when uh, the light bulb went off. Like, you know, th- there's other things we need to look at. We, we need to stop looking, you know, at prior years because uh, I'm sure we'll get into it later on in the show. But uh, you look at, like, the example, Joe Gibbs Racing and the guys over there at the road courses. They've been uh, very strong uh, historically at the road courses, but every time I go there uh, this year, they have the no-shows. So that kind of, to, to me, kind of showed me right there and then that uh, we got to change our methods up. And uh, it's been good since we kind of did that. That's great. And so you kind of said the, the head-to-heads have been paying the bills and then, you know, hitting the outrights is just kind of gravy at that point. Um that was going to be one of the questions that I asked was like, what, what's your go-to like, as you sit down to start the week, are you digging into head to heads first? You know, you kind of alluded to that, but um, if it's not head to heads, are you going top tens? Um, I, I guess, where do you look first to try to find the bets that you really like? Do you go outrights first or, or, you know, do you kind of land there at the end towards the end of the week, wait for practice qualifying to go down um, before you place your outrights? Like what's the mentality with the way that you find the different bets that you put on? Sure. Um, we always, we shop the outrights first, just because that's what's first available on DraftKings. Um, they're always the first of the market and the outrights are first. And then it's top threes, top fives, top tens 
and the head-to-heads populate last. Um, so we, we generally will look at the outrights, find who we like there, and also take a look at who's got, you know, who's in a similar price range. So if there's a couple guys at, at plus 1,500, if there's a, like a gaggle of fellas there, then you can kind of imagine that they'll probably be in a head-to-head against each other, and you can take a side before the market opens. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously submit the, the outright winners first to try and get the best of the, the best of the number there. And then also that helps formulate the game plan for, for the head to heads. But kind of, like I said, the, the outright winners is just a very small part of like our card. It's, it's like a unit, a unit and a half, maybe two. It, it, it like it, at Talladega this weekend, I think we had two units just cause you know, it's such a wild card, but then every head to head will play for a flat unit or more. So the head to heads is, is where we have the most liability, but it's also where we have the most success. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you guys are definitely, they're, they're flashy, right? When you hit the, sure. head to, the, uh, mm-hmm. the outrights are flashy. That's what gets people its attention, which is great because if you're doing the right thing, people should be looking at what you're doing. Um, and you guys are kings at getting the the outrights at a better number. Like you, you may be moving the number, like with the bets that you're you're putting down on certain outrights, because a lot of times that I've seen, when you're placing or showing the the outright bet that you guys have hit, it's a much better number than most of the other people. I mean, if you've waited till the weekend, you're not getting some of that number. So um, it, it's a, a big deal to hit that number quick. So. You know, like I said, you guys have been on fire. It's great. It's great to see. I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, it's you, you are just such a big influence in the space. And I don't think you, you get enough credit for it, Phil. Like <laughs> you were like the first guy that, that, you know, like your, like your show says in the intro that ever talk about gambling on NASCAR. So I know you're just, you know, just a huge hero in my eyes. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I love what you do for the sport and you know, you, you just, you showed us the blueprint and we're just, we're, we're just trying to, to blaze a trail. <laughs> well, you guys are, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm up uh, my money management, as you said earlier, uh, unit management, it's nothing like you guys. I'm, I'm kind of just, uh, you know, having fun with it. And uh, I don't think I'm up 120 units. So <laughs> you know, that's, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. The reason I, I wanted to do is to have conversations like this. So um, yeah, it's, it's all, all fun. Um the, the follow-up question that I had was, have you guys had a situation this year where you did place an outright bet on somebody on a Tuesday and it actually swung the other way, like mm-hmm. after? So what's your mentality there? Like, Steve, like, are, are you saying, like, we got to hit this guy even further? Like, let's say he, he's 15 to one right now, qualifies like shit. Are you still a believer in that guy? Because like, that's what your research is telling you. And now he's 25 to one. We're hitting him even harder. Or are you just like, mm, I'm comfortable with what we took. Let's just, you know, back off right now. Like what goes through your mind in that situation? Cause there's been a few for me like that this year. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough situation because you, you want to stick to that, you know, that predetermined unit size and you know, recommendation, but Sometimes it's tough to lay off of it because um, I remember specifically uh, tweeting about this and I was very, I was very happy with, with my results on it. It was when um, Tyler Reddick went back to road America uh, all year long. He was opening up at, um, you know, fairly, um, 
I can't remember exactly what, but it, he went the other way um, that weekend for, for whatever reason. And it does, it didn't make sense to me because he was showing a lot of speed for the season so far. And the road courses were definitely showing up as a strength for him. So I, I, I believe he had a few off weeks. He was kind of uh, struggling. Maybe it was like, maybe a short track or an intermediate track. You know, places places that weren't really like suited to his strength, but you know, he went back to a road course. You know that he kind of was making his, um, you know, making his, you know, his good results. And uh, so I, I I bet it a little bit more, and I didn't think it made sense. And and ended up he that was his first career win. At, you know, so um, uh, Phil has more some more comments on that, but that's uh, that's my perfect example of um to not always trust the steam, you know? It was, that was uh 25 to one for, for Reddick at road America. I was on right, that yeah. as well. I was yeah, on that as well. I remember that day. Like it was yesterday that, that's, that coming that's home from so a 4th of July party. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I remember it. <laughs> it, yeah, was, just, it was great. Like to have just the, the audacity to have Reddick at 25 to one on a road course now, like it, it's, it's so easy looking back, you know? <laughs> and then, yeah. It's just funny, but in my in my eyes, if we have a reason to to like hit it again, I'll I'll average my cost down. I I don't I don't mind doing it at all. I kind of look at it like like trading stock at that point. Like if if the fundamentals are good, and you know if they have speed in practice, and maybe just had you know had a bad qualifying lap or something, then I'll, I'll hit it again. I I don't I don't mind that one bit. Um, we don't really tip that to our, you know, to the, to the folks that pay us for plays. Normally we'll just leave that alone. Um, but personally, I, I don't mind averaging my cost down or sure. up, I should say. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, cause we're coming up to some, some cookie cutters here or, or at least mile and a half with, with Vegas and, um, and Homestead coming up. And I can remember the Toyotas, I think it was Kansas, like performed pretty shitty in practice and, and changed their odds quite a bit. Um, and I remember thinking like, am I, am I going to back off because of this? And ended up um, hitting Toyota, you know, for a number of different ways that week. And it, and it paid off, like, you know, practice and qualifying isn't everything. So if you can, if you still believe in your guys, um, that was probably the one that bubble won, if my memory's correctly. Um, yeah, I think you're right this here, but um, in any case, you know, you might see something like that with these last three, four races of the year um, when we get to the next round. So um, anyway, and just, just to add on to that, and I, I may be completely off base here, but Steven, and I, I know Steve has seen it as well with his own eyes, but we have seen these bookmakers just make ridiculous blunders like at open or close, like just making terrible terrible things like they had Bubba Wallace 70 to one top Toyota. And then he was 20 to one to win the race. Like just stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like fat fingering. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I like to think that the people that are doing racing are no sharper than we are. So, you know, I just, I trust our methodology. I trust what we come up with more than the numbers that they put to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So if there's something that's out of whack or if a number goes the wrong way, I'll grab the value because I perceive it as value because I trust our results over the last few years rather than, you know, the, the guy that maybe didn't have his coffee in the morning and is typing up the odds board at DraftKings. So <laughs> I, I say that, you know, trust your numbers, 
trust what you've got going on more than chasing steam. Yeah. Yeah. And I have one more thing to add on to the, the practice and qualifying talk about, you know, there's certain guys that I will not bet uh, prior to practice and qualifying. A couple of guys that uh, examples of that would be Kevin Harvick, uh, Chase Elliott, sometimes Ross Chastain because he hasn't been qualifying well this year. So and Justin Allgaier. Allgaier in the Xfinity series, sure. Like those those three, four guys, it's it just kind of like guys you just want to wait usually until after practice and qualifying because just about every week they kind of take it easy in practice, maybe even don't have a good qualifying, and just about every week the odds shift. So those are guys I wait for. They always seem to have the speed like in the race, but they seem to uh, not push too hard in practice and qualifying session. Yeah. Now you're, you're making a great point there, you know, cause, cause if you're able on a weekly basis to let it play out, get better value on guys that you like, just, just let it happen. This week might not be the week to do that for chase, right. but right. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I wanted to mention the, the podcast that you guys have. Um, so betting everything with wheels, it's part of the absolute degenerate podcast, sports betting, degenerate podcast. Um, how's that going? Like, you know, it seems like when's it released every Friday? Um, how's it going? How'd you guys come into that? And, um, you having fun with it, man, it's, it's a blast. Those guys are awesome. So like during the pandemic, you know, it was just, there weren't, weren't many sports going on. So I was just eager for content. So I searched in Apple iTunes, sports gambling, they popped up and, uh, you know, I was a listener. They have, it's a short show. It's like a half hour every day, just good banter, crazy guys. And um, after a while, you know, I was like, hey, fellas, you need some racing on the show. So they had us on. That was like, you know, 18 months ago. And now we have our own show. And uh, it's, it's pretty dope. As a, as a whole, we just went over a million downloads. Which wow, is, that's awesome. Which is kind of nuts. Yeah. So uh, that was a, a, a nice, a nice uh, milestone to, to get to. But it's fun, man. It, it, it gives Steve and I a reason to, like, hang out and talk and um, cause we don't get to see each other much during the week. So it's, it's, it's cool for our friendship and it's, it's awesome. Cause we make a little bit of money along the way. So it's, it's a blast. Very cool. Well, congrats on that. And, Thank you. um, yeah, I mean, I think you had Rory picks on, we did. uh, yeah. that was, that was cool to see him on there. He was all pumped up. He texted, uh, a couple of buddies in our chat here. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be on, um, <laughs> the everything with wheels. I was like, all right, that's sick, dude. Congrats. He was all fired up. So it was cool to see really cool to see, you know, just like more content out there. He brings a lot of content. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> more content. I'm saying that's a, it's a, uh, and he's definitely listening to this. So Rory, we love you. Um, content is, is a nice way of saying, you know, time on the pod. Yes. So, but just get uh, comfortable, have a nice chair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, very, very cool. Congrats on that and and the milestones there. Um, switching to kind of like a combination now of like thoughts on Talladega and just like playoffs overall. We're coming to a cutoff race. We were trying to connect about, you know, when you guys would be uh, freed up to to stop by and chat with me. And we looked at a couple of races. I was like, you know what? The cutoff race would be fun, like the Roval. Um, so, how do you think Talladega went down? I've heard a lot of different opinions on it. Um, just, you know, each one of you guys, like good, bad, ugly, you know, quick, uh, quick hitter on what you thought of Dega. Um, 
I, I didn't think it was a very good race. Um, there was no real third line ever worked in. Um, and that's not, not the way Talladega should be. I understand it at Atlanta because it's thin. I understand it at, at Daytona, but Talladega is a, a wider track. And uh, that third lane should come into play. Uh, the runs never really came. Um, I wasn't upset that there wasn't a, a big crash. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that all the teams got out with all their equipment. That's fine with me. That, that, that doesn't excite me whatsoever as a gambler. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I, I didn't think the product was very good and I'm not exactly sure why or, or what can fix it. So um, I'm sure Steve has some more in-depth thoughts, but it kind of stunk because we expected the big one. We, you know, took our long, long shots and our value plays and none of it worked out. It was, it was, you know, I think we lost a two or two or three units on it, but besides that, I'm glad nobody got hurt. I, I, that was a thought in my mind. Once the Bowman news came out, I was like, man, if there's a crash at Talladega compared to these other ones at Pocono and, and what Bowman had, like that could be bad, bad news. So I was glad nobody got hurt. And um, I just, I wish there was a third line and I wish there were some, some crazy runs. Yeah. Steve, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I, I pretty much share a similar viewpoint on, on Phil. Um, I'm not necessarily, a, I don't want to see a, a huge, a huge wreck, you know, every race. I mean, that's kind of what you kind of come to expect at these kind of racetracks, but I, I was, I was a little surprised because it wasn't just the cup series. We saw the Xfinity race pretty much go green. And then I'm like, Oh, well, maybe Sunday things will change up a little bit and there will be a, you know, a big incident. Same thing. The race went green. So I'm, I'm just a little confused. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm the whole, you know, the whole weekend. So, you know, it, I don't know uh, where my thoughts really stand on it. Like, like Phil said, um, I thought it was a little too much of um, a train for me in, in the two lanes. I like to see some more movement. Uh, yeah, like you said, can't really generate runs too well. Um, Danny Hamlin talked about that a little bit. Like, I think maybe he or maybe like it was Legato kind of just said it was kind of just like a gridlock. You know, pit road mattered a whole lot more than usually does. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, that's my, kind of my general thoughts. Yeah. And I've heard the extreme people saying like, you know, that was horrible um, because I think they have like a, a, they're like bloodthirsty. They need to see the, the big rats in order to be happy. Um, and then I've seen people say like, well, it was phenomenal. We, we saw a clean race at Talladega. It was an ending that, you know, no one was an asshole and it worked out well. Um, I think I share a similar view to you guys. I'm kind of in the middle of that spectrum and um, saw the third line try to develop. It looked like, you know, Harrison Burton was leading that. And then somebody swung down in front of him at one point and, and he just couldn't push. And I don't know if it was because it was his machine or if it was just the third line in general, but no one wanted to fuck with it after that. So um, it was disappointing to not see three lanes. That's for sure. Um, but at the same time, like I, I did like how, you know, they were able to not wreck at the end and, and a guy went from fifth to first and two laps to, to win the race. Like, you know, if you say that, not saying what track it is or whatever, like that's probably going to be pretty entertaining. So uh, I'm, I'm half foot in half foot out or one foot in one foot out, whatever um, on that as well. So I went back and, and kind of rewatched it. Cause I was at the, the Eagles game. Um, I hey. caught the end, caught the end of the race. Um, but 
you know, I wanted to rewatch it to, to get a feel for it, especially when I started seeing people say like, yeah, it wasn't that great. Like I wanted to see what wasn't great. They, first time in a while I've heard like track position matters. Uh, yeah. Talladega. Mm-hmm. So interesting all around. Now the playoffs, you know, the Bowman is out. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so we've got, you know, Christopher Bell, he, he's really far out of it. Um, William Byron, I, who is it in the hole? Is it Byron Bell and uh, Bowman are in the holes? And then we've got Briscoe and um, Cindric tied at the bubble. Um, so I'm going to ask you, you know, a, kind of a two part question here. Um, first one is, do you see anybody below the cut line? Uh, I'll include Cindric because he's currently out on the tiebreaker. Anyone below the cut line making the, the next round? Steve, you can go first, buddy. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, I don't think I really see that. Uh, it maybe it's you said Suarez is in, is in that scenario. Suarez is in right now. Okay, I mean, it, that's kind of the guy I would look at this weekend to maybe have some success. I mean, we like to see Christopher Bell do it, but Toyota's struggled this this year at the road courses. Uh, but Bell has kind of been the guy that's kind of broken that mold a little bit at the road courses. I think uh, he's had some momentum in the playoffs. So, you know, he's, um, he's a guy I could look at and um, he could take some chances and maybe uh, kind of be a little bit, a little bit of a surprise. And, you know, this weekend. Just trying yeah. to look and see how far out he was. Go ahead, Phil. Oh yeah. Bell is uh Looks like he's 33 points. Yeah, I mean, he's going to need to win the, the race. He's, he's got to win. Race. And yeah. that's what I'm kind of banking on. Hopefully, kind of, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of an upset, really, because of just how the Toyotas have been. And it, it, it absolutely stinks because, you know, we, we, uh, we wrote about Bell, I don't know, like two months ago, you know, as a, as a tip to make the championship four and to win the, the championship. Um, and he just had, has had such terrible luck in this yeah. round um, with the, the two tires going down and he was just bad fast that day too. So that, that was a shame. Um, if there's anybody that can, that can wave the Toyota banner this weekend, it's, it's Christopher Bell. I mean, he's been like the lone standout on these road courses. He has had some success on road courses as well. So if there's a guy that, that could do it, I think it's going to be Bell. Um, I mean, Cindric is good too. So, I mean, it, it's, it should be exciting, you know, because all the all the players that are good on road courses are still alive here. So it should be very interesting. Um, you know, Steve and I were talking that who we expect to be points racing, who we expect to be going for the win. And hopefully Bell is is one of those going for the win guys, because <laughs> that's that's what he needs to do. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I had earlier on the pod called out Christopher Bell as a bet that I really like to be the top Toyota plus two fifty top Toyota. Um, I mean, it, it, all the signs are pointing to that and the odds are not the odds are saying Hamlin. They're kind of putting bell in the same kind of bucket as a true X, you know, a little bit. And, and I don't see it when you're looking at the stats from this year. So um, I really like the top Toyota play for sure. Winning the race might be a tall order, uh, but I'm with you. Like I've got a championship bet on Bell that is looking pretty shitty right now. Uh, it's falling apart, um, which is a shame. The yeah, it, it's 
it's tough. Now, would you ever take a swing on somebody this far below the cut line or even Sindrick, right? Sindrick is plus 5,000 to win the title. He's on the bubble to make it to the round of eight and like you catch fire or whatever. Would you ever just like mess around and throw a little a tiny little guy on, on one of those guys to win a championship just uh, as a long shot or is that a no, no? I, I don't know about Steve, but I, I would do it with free bets only. Not, not there real you go. cash. Yeah. There you go. And, and I, I, I did point. that with uh, Austin Hill um, going in the last weekend. I got him at 20 to one with a free bet. And um, yeah, I would definitely take a swing at Cindric. I hadn't looked at him, but I will certainly be doing that right after we go off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Cindric is going to have to show some more pace uh, when it comes to like Phoenix. Um, yeah. It's not really there. I don't think to really win, you know, you're probably going to probably going to need to still win the race at Phoenix. I mean, we know Cindric is good at short flat tracks, but um, I'm, I'm not quite there on him yet on winning at Phoenix. And that's I, every, every championship bet that I like to make, I like to look and see, do I really think that he is going to have a chance to kind of beat the other three or win, which is probably going to be what it takes. And I haven't really seen that from him this year yet. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, I'm, I'm holding this up a little bit before we get into the Roval, so I, I apologize for, for yapping so much here. Um, but point blank, all you know, bets aside, right, as a NASCAR fan, I'm going to ask each one of you, uh, Phil, you go first. Who wins the championship right now in your eyes? No like odds who, I related. Want, who do I want to win? Who do you think is going to win the championship? Oh, who do you think um, is performing well enough to just go out and get it done, if you could say it right now? Probably Chase Elliott. So you're aligned with the books at this point. I, I wish I wasn't. I, I'm. Uh, yeah. we're, we're holding <laughs> yeah, yeah, 200 yeah. to one Ross Chastain tickets. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I just I yeah. see what you're saying, and that's yeah. why I said gambling aside because gambling is to separate it. Steve, yeah. what do you think? Same I'm same in, answer. I'm in the same boat. But I want. I kind of want to go contrary and take Denny Hamlin though, because now he's going to have Kyle Busch's pit crew. Uh, he's been really good at Phoenix, so I don't have a bet on either Hammond or Elliott, but I'm going to just take uh, Hammond to be contrarian because I think both of them have equal chances. Yeah. I think – what, what do we still have alive, Steve? We have Chastain, we have a sprinkle on Suarez, and we Suarez, have Blaney. Cindric Blaney. Oh, yeah, and Cindric from it. the beginning of the year. That's right. Oh wow, that's yeah, so we have Cindric nice. like seventy-five to one. Oh yeah, yeah God, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, we bet that five thousand bet. You don't need yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we we bet this stuff way back in January. I think it was. So. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I I, I bet uh, Blaney a while back. I, I entered into Logano little like a month ago or something. I'm looking at the month board right now, and, and I have Chastain, but it's nowhere near whatever you said it was. Uh, what what do you have him at? Two hundred to one. 200 to one. That is crazy. That would be, I mean, I'm kind of cheering for Chastain now um, <laughs> for you guys. That's unreal. Uh, so yeah, championship, you know, coming up. Cause my, my mentality right now, somebody messaged me on Twitter. It was like, even with chase, right. He's th- three to one. Um, I think his path to the championship is, is pretty good with his point sister situation. Um, I can't imagine he's going to be three to one when we actually get to Phoenix. So there's like a part of me that's like, all right, well maybe, you know, I, I could just grab him now. Cause I think when it's just down to those four guys, I think he's going to be, 
I don't know, maybe even minus money. But yeah, I, was gonna I, say I don't know. Chalk. Yeah. 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 So three to one now seems ridiculous, but on championship Sunday, I don't know. You may be wishing you had it. It may look like a, like a 2021 Lewis Hamilton line, you know, <laughs> crazy chalk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, and I, I left out something real quick, real quick. Thoughts on Haley Deegan. News of the day today, Haley Deegan's going to get a ride at Vegas in the Xfinity series. She announced it on her YouTube channel. Um, what do you, any, do you guys have any thoughts on, you know, that whole situation there in the truck series with her and, and now getting a ride in Xfinity or not really paying attention to it much? I mean, it's, she's marketable. She's young. Um, she's got monster in her back pocket, you know, so I get it. I get why they're trying to, you know, push her up and, you know, get more, get more eyes on her. That's it, just, I'm sure these, these sponsors just see dollar signs with her. So it's like a pay driver. She's, she's not, she's not like absurdly skilled. I don't think, um, I mean, she had a great run at Talladega. I think she finished sixth, but I don't, I don't think she's any more deserving of it than some of her counterparts, but, she's got the sponsorship dollars to go with her and she's insanely marketable to NASCAR. So I get it. I'm not a, a huge fan, but you know, I, I certainly wouldn't wish any ill will towards her. I, I hope she succeeds just like I hope everybody succeeds. Yeah. I'm concerned. Um, I don't want to be uh, too negative on this matter, but um, I expected a lot more from Haley, uh, you know, in the, in the second, uh, second year for her yeah. and it hasn't, it hasn't really come to light. Uh, I, I expected to at least see, you know, some decent improvement it hasn't really happened yet. And it's not like the equipment isn't there. we we see, you know, Ryan priest, um, in that DGR stuff drop down and run, you know, a race here and there, and he's always running up front and for the win. So, uh, I don't know if, just moving her up to an Xfinity ride, uh, you know, in, in decent equipment again is, is really going to just, you know, sprout something all of a sudden and make her become a competitive driver for the win. Yeah. Uh, when people say, and I'm also in the same camp of like, when she first came up the trucks, I was like, all right, you know, I want to see this play out. Was really let down rookie season, really been let down this year. I mean, on top of not performing well, she's been very negative towards her own, teams at points blaming other people um which you know sometimes that is fun to see that kind of stuff on tv and fold or after the fact because it's like storylines but um i don't like that and you know i like to think when you hear stories like oh well you need sponsorship you need sponsorship there's every time i hear that on the radio people talking about it, like no you don't if you're good you're good and this is a prime example of sponsorship wins like there are better drivers in the truck series that deserve a shot to run xfinity for one race to show off their talents um it's not a huge deal to race one time in xfinity series but the fact that she's getting that means that somebody's looking at her to to maybe move up and it's too soon like she doesn't she has not proven herself so that is a shame because i want to see people succeed too obviously i hope she does but I'd have to think that there are a lot of pissed off drivers who are just like scrapping and clawing for rides um, in the truck series who are like, I'm better than her and have proven it. Yeah. And no one's given me a shot. So um, yeah, probably half the field thinks that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably according to the points, maybe uh, more than half the field. More than half. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I want to see how she does in, 
Las Vegas, uh, if she's just a complete backmarker, then, you know, I'm, I'm really holding out on a rant on her. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but, uh, that was the news of the day. So I just wanted to see, cause if, if either of you guys were like true believers, I would like to hear that side. You know what I mean? Like if anybody, if anybody out there is like listening to this and they have a reason to, to get behind the, the Haley Deegan in the Xfinity series, you know, soon theory, let me know. Cause I, I'm anxious to hear it. Um, all right. So now we're prepping for the Roval. Um, exciting cutoff race. I, I think that this track has worked out well since they've put it in place, uh, got rid of the, the regular Charlotte oval, uh, for this. And, you know, we're four races in now. So for me, I'm pretty pumped because I think that this is a great race for gamblers. I don't know what you guys think, but, um, now that we've got four races in the past at this track where a lot of the field has participated in, uh, and we've got this season, five races to work off of in the next gen car it just feels like we got a lot of data to pull from a lot of information at our you know fingertips to be able to kind of come to a, a decent bet um you know as you're looking at the odds board so you know anything that you guys are looking at specifically you know maybe one over the other uh when we get to the roval um i i know for me that we we normally love road courses like that's we because they're predictable to, to, to a point, you know, more so than like a cookie cutter mile and a half or a super speedway or something like that. So, you know, generally we can, we can be pretty sharp and, and come out ahead at the road courses. So I, I definitely like that. Um, as far as like historical data, we, we weigh this year's stuff way, way, way more heavily than uh, previous year's uh, road course data. So I, I'm sure Steve can expand on that thought. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly say last year um, the the road courses were very predictable, and, and and this year as well. The problem is you, you take a track like the Indy Road Course where you know you have a bunch of chaos. You know, yeah, <laughs> turn three or whatever. You can kind of predict. You know, I feel like you can kind of predict, especially like at a track like that, who's going to have the speed. But is are they going to get to the finish line? It feels like to me the same guys have a speed at road courses this year, you know, front row, um, track house and, uh, kind of Hendrick Motorsports. So those three teams are kind of become in general, my targets this weekend. Yeah. So I'll get to, I guess, any plays that you're maybe leaning on. I don't want to have you, you know, play your hand uh, a little too early in the week for, um, for anything that you guys have going on with the, the people who pay you or, or your podcast, but um, we'll talk about any early leans in just a bit, but I want to get into our head to head face off. Um, so I don't remember how we did last time. I should have gone back and looked it up um, I think you guys you were on earlier this year. Okay. Well, you so. know, <laughs> earlier in the year. Yeah. You guys were on like probably first half of the year and, and I was hot earlier in the year. And then this, <laughs> this probably like, I don't know. Fourth of July or around that time, anybody that's come on, it's just been having their way. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, been kind of rough sledding lately. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what we usually do here, we're talking about head-to-head matchups. It's a fun way to talk about this. Um, I let the the guest go twice, so um, you know each one of these guys gets to choose a head-to-head matchup, and whoever they choose in the matchup, I get stuck with the other driver. And then I will do the same. And at the end of the 
you know, deal here when the smoke settles, we'll have a, essentially a best of three matchup. So um, Speedway Steve two is going to have three drivers on one side and I'll have the opposing three and we'll see who wins on race day. Um, so you guys were saying, you know, head to head matchups are, are really what you've been zeroing in on this season and doing well on. So I'm, I might be in for it here, but I could tell you this before we get started. Like there's a lot of head to head matchups that I've really liked this week. Um, mm. And and I haven't felt this way in a long time. Um, so I'm feeling good because I'm coming off of a two and a week last week and head to heads at Dega, which is usually a, a shit show. Um, so I'm feeling good, but um I guess we'll have to default to you guys. Who who's going first for for your side and uh, kick us off? Who are we starting with? Steve, you go first, buddy. Oh man, I was gonna let you take uh, anything you want on the board, but I'm oh, happy you're, to go you're first. Giving me the, you're giving me the choice, huh? Yeah, you want to go ahead? All right, I'll I'll take um, Ross Chastain over Ryan Blaney. Wow, I, I want to hear this. So I'm getting Blaney in this one. Okay, you're getting Blaney. All right. Um, we, we saw Ross win his first race on a road course. Um, he's got a, a, so far this year's average finish is 12. He's got three top tens. Um, you know, Blaney, no wins, no top fives, two top tens. Uh, their average running position is very similar, but we've seen Ross be able to pass when other cars haven't, um, you know, and, and part of this, this average finish metric is, is sort of skewed by that data when he took the shortcut, <laughs> you know, when he, uh, on yeah. that, that final restart. Road road course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we see finishes of one, seven, four, 27, which is the asterisk and 21. So I just, I like Ross here, even though their, their average running position is similar. Ross, he averages three more average fast laps per race. He averages two more average, um, laps led per race and almost, five more quality passes per race. So I, I just like the way Ross attacks these uh, road courses. I like the pure speed in his car. And we've seen Trackhouse um, be excellent on these road courses, even as his teammate Daniel Suarez won. So Steve taught me long ago that we bet on fast cars with fast teammates. So I'm in for Ross Chastain over Ryan Blaney. All right, Steve, any comment on that? You, you happy with that choice from Phil there? Yeah, I like that side as well. Um, my, my big question, Mark, is I'm not sure if you've really seen the best of Ryan Blaney this year because I think most of the season he's kind of gone for the stage points. He hasn't really uh, gone for the win in these races. He's just kind of needed those. Uh, since he doesn't have any wins, he had to go for the stage points and to try and get stage wins in these road courses because it's, it's the kind of like layup points for him. Um, but, yeah, Ross Chastain, he, he won the race at Coda. Um He's in really fast at other places uh, with, you know, other courses throughout the year. And his teammate Suarez has been good. <laughs> Two wins from track house on road courses this year. So as far as Blaney goes, he does have a win here at, um, at the Roval. As you, I'm sure you remember, though, he, uh, had to have two of uh, two, two guys in front of him kind of take each other out to get that win. So it was the Johnny on the spot win. That's it. So I mean, I just I kind of I kind of like where Ross is uh, this at you know this this year. So I, I like that side. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, I'm fine, I guess, getting stuck with Blaney, um, despite the you know kind of a asterisk, I guess, on that win. 
in every single race at the Roval, no matter what year it is, he's finishing the top 10. So he's four for four finishing the top 10. There's only three guys that can say that. Um, so there's something there. I know that we talked about the importance of 2022 though. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you probably made the right choice here. I'm not totally upset getting stuck with Blaney because I think this will be a battle within the top 10 and that'll be a fun one to watch. So, um, yeah, Ross first, uh, first one off the board over Blaney in, uh, the first head to head matchup. So I will go next here. And I have a, a side note after I go here to, to loop in Ross and the guy I'm going to take. Um, so we kind of discussed this briefly in a Twitter chat earlier today. Uh, and, and I'm going to keep, you know, yelling about Austin Cindric. Um, He's going up against Chase Briscoe in a head-to-head matchup. And their even odds are it might be minus 115 for Cindric over uh, Briscoe. I think he was minus 105, slight underdog. But um, Cindric this season right he is just been really good i i like cindric to win the race as a longer shot guy he's 15 to 1 so i, I called him out earlier but I, I did mention this matchup um so if i like him enough to win the race then i i definitely think he can beat chase briscoe um but you know he, he kind of surprises people like his his stats this season two top fives four top tens he's one of two drivers who have finished in the top 15 all five times. And that might not seem that important, but for head-to-head matchups, to me, it's like who can just like survive the race, like consistently, who who's going to be there. So if you're telling me that Cindric's going to be top 15, definitely hundred percent. Well, now I'm like, all right, well, who's he going up against chase Briscoe? Well, where's he at? Um, and his, you know, average finish, I'm, I'm, scrolling down here he's finished zero times in the top 10 he's got two top 15s his average finish is 21.0 so they're both at the same exact point in points to try to make the bubble so i think i'm gonna go with the guy who's definitely got the momentum at these tracks and the confidence uh, compared to someone who might be gripping the wheel a little too tight because of what they've seen this year. So uh, how do you guys feel about getting stuck with Chase Briscoe? Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hate it. Um, I mean, you're, you're, I think you're definitely on the right side there. And I mean, Cindric, he runs more fast laps, although our guy Briscoe does tend to lead a little bit more uh, so far this year, 3.6 to 2.2 on average laps led, but I mean, Cindric is just the more, um, in my opinion, he's the more bettable guy because he's the more consistent. So you know what you're getting. Briscoe is, you know, he's like a boomer bust candidate. And man, he he really, he we we could be talking about what a great season he's having if he didn't do such such bonehead stuff like sending it in there at Bristol or, you know, just just other things where he shot himself in the foot. So he does have a tendency to, like you said, maybe grip the wheel a little bit too hard. I mean, we'll, we'll have to root for Briscoe now, but uh, I don't like this side. Steve, do you like it? Yeah, I, I definitely prefer the side of Cindric. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we've seen a lot of success come from Chase Briscoe in the Xfinity Series, um, especially at the Indy Road Course, you know, and he loves that track. Um, he, he, this is a guy – I was kind of disappointed in him early on in the cup series on the road courses, but I, th- I feel like he's come a little bit, a little bit a long way since then. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, 
Cedric was definitely those two always had incredible battles in the Xfinity series. So mm-hmm. it's definitely close and it, it's definitely transferred over to the Cup series. Um, I like Briscoe earlier in the season. I feel like the second half of the season, once he once Briscoe got that win, uh, he just he kind of just got lost um, after that. But um, kind of grinded it out last, uh, you know, past couple weeks, especially um, first race at uh, Texas with the attrition. Um, this this could be an attrition race again. Um, you know how with the way um, the roval kind of plays out, so. I guess I'll take the side of Briscoe and hope that uh, some, uh, some crazy things happen with uh, with, with side of Cindric and see what happens. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, I think for this point in the season, for these guys to both be on the bubble to get in the round of eight, I think you could say it's a success for both these guys. Um, great season. Mm-hmm. And if they both sneak in somehow, maybe somebody you know further up gets stuck into tr- uh, some trouble here and these guys both get in, they're both in the round of eight. That would be a shock. Like I'd be on the floor um, shocked if that were to happen. So uh, the the thing I wanted to mention, you guys called out Ross. I'm calling out Cindric. DraftKings has their weekly specials. Ross and Cindric parlay to both be in the top five. I wish it was top 10, but top five at nine to one. Um, so if you believe in both those two guys really running well, that might be, you know, something um, to look into. But um, like I said, top five is a little bit harder of a, an ask. So uh, Steve, I'll throw it to you to finish it off here. Third head to head matchup. Who are you guys going to be going with? All right. So I'll explain kind of my metrics and my reasoning. Um, What I like to do is kind of look at the road courses this year. Um, I'm not looking at last year or anything prior to last year. I'm looking at Coda, Sonoma, Road America, Indy Road Course, and Watkins Glen. And I, what I pretty much do is I take those five tracks, I take the the, you know, the driver averages for each, and I I use those, but I also have like my own race notes, so that way I can I can tell myself if there's like outliers, you know, Ross Chastain for example, uh, Watkins, uh, sorry, Indy Road Course was an outlier because he took the shortcut, he finished 27th, so that kind of hurts his rating a little bit. So using those ratings. I have an AJ Amendinger over William Byron, um, minus one of uh, sorry, minus one fifteen on DraftKings. Um, I mean AJ Amendinger has he's kind of just outperformed uh, Byron all year this year. Um, and really, my strongest foundation, you know, for this play is that uh, AJ doesn't care about points. Uh, William Byron is going to have to potentially go for stage points, uh, restart more towards the middle or the back of the field and um aj is just just going to be racing for the win so i feel like i'm kind of cheating with this matchup but uh it's i i feel really strong about it and um in kind of aj's position he's going to have all saturday once again and uh byron's not going to have all that track um track time on saturday like aj does so give me uh, aj there with byron phenomenal pick um, I, I literally, I could show you my paper that, that was the other one that I was looking at. Um, and I was going to bring it up. I actually have already bet this, uh, matchup. So even though I'm stuck with, with Byron here, you know, I, I'm on AJ for every reason that you said, uh, I'm on AJ to, to even win this race. Cause this wonky ass season that we've seen, it would totally make sense for a, 
you know, non playoff, non points getting driver to go out and win a playoff race. Um, so he's so good here, uh, undefeated in the Xfinity series here. And to have that track time and the cup series this year, you know, he he's even performed like last year. I, I felt like AJ coming into the, the road courses, you know, he got the win, but outside of that, I, I felt like he, he really didn't get the finishes. Uh, I could be wrong, but this year he is getting the finishes. I mean, three top tens, one top five already this year and five starts. Uh, and then the news that came out yesterday or two days ago, he will be back in the cup series full-time next year for them. All good things for Adrian Allmendinger. So phenomenal pick. I absolutely hate William Byron on this track. Um, I, I'm not even going to try to make a case for him. And if I hit this matchup, <laughs> if I do hit this matchup, uh, then, you know, it'll just all, be better. All luck three of us good. have lost money. If, if, <laughs> if you hit this matchup, we all lose basically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in order for me to win, I, the, the path that I see here is uh, I, I need to hit my Cindric bet over Briscoe. And then I'm going to need Blaney to continue continue to do well at the Roval um, like he's done in years past. So, so past track history is going to have to come in and play for, for that one for me. Uh, but do you ahead. want me to help you out a little bit? <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> do you remember uh, Watkins Glen this year for William Byron? Uh, not particularly. No, go ahead. So he ran, he, he ran the Xfinity race uh, that weekend and he, he qualified really well that weekend. That was the most kind of, you know, the most recent race at, you know, at uh, road course this year. He had the, um, the technical failure. He had to go, go, I believe he went to the back of the field. So he, I, I think he had a lot of speed that weekend at Watkins Glen. He just didn't really get it to showcase it because it's so hard to pass. So I think there is, there, there's a way to kind of get that done, but that's true. Bring that up. Yeah. And, and talking about like overall speed, I mean, I think you're right. He did get stuck up in the, uh, the pack there. It was probably tough for him to, to show that speed. He was according to total speed ranking there, he was 25th, but any road course, he had the second fastest car according to the, the stats. So he, he has that ability, but now we're kind of pulling at straws, um, yeah, a little well. bit. but you know, you're, <laughs> Hey, you're, you're trying to give me hope. I, I'm never going to, you know, turn someone down who's, who's giving me hope. I appreciate that. Just trying to keep it competitive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you should have taken someone other than AJ. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so that's the matchup. Um, so we've got Ross Chastain over Blaney. Uh, that was Phil's pick. Um, and then I'm going with Cindric over Briscoe and then Steve is rounding it out with AJ over Byron. So I'll put the, uh, bad Photoshop graphic out there and, uh, people can vote on the weekend who they think is going to win. It'll be interesting to see what people think of that. So, uh, before we kind of get to the end here and close it out, any other thoughts, you know, I mentioned Christopher Bell is a top Toyota play at plus two fifty. Um, that little parlay they had in there for Ross and Cindric, you know, I don't know if that's um, wetting the whistle too much, but any other plays like that that you see some value at the Roval this week? I, I just I think that we're we're in lockstep with you on a lot of things. We we've already bet uh, the Christopher Bell top Toyota as well. Um, we also bet that that Amendinger play before we came on the air. <laughs> we're, we're looking at him for a top five as well. Um, and then I, I know a couple guys that, that Steve definitely wants to talk about is, is Busher and McDowell. So, Oh my goodness. Top tens for me. Top, yeah. top tens for, for us as well. And then we sprinkled their, their win totals, but I, I, I know that, yes. that 
Steve really likes those guys. So I am confident as well <laughs> because of that. So Steve, take it away. Yeah. I want to make a note on something. Um, <clears throat> I don't understand why Denny Hammond is so uh, much of a favorite here this weekend. He opened up at plus seven fifty, and that was uh, more of a favorite than and Tyler Reddick was. And he, they kind of re- readjusted the odds. He's, I think he's like 12 to one now, but his teammate Kyle Bush is, 30 to one. I don't understand what their thought process really is behind these lines this week. Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, he's won two polls here at the, in the past at the Roval, you know, he's got a top five, but only, you know, top five is like his, his only real good finish Um, four for four in top twenties, but you know, top twenties are not where you're looking when you're talking about guys to, to win the damn race um, outright as a favorite or, or a co-favorite. So, yeah, I, I'm not seeing it either, even past track history. I think there's something about people who are still thinking like Denny's just a, a road course guy. You know, he, he's a, a long way away from when he, I think at Sonoma, he, he took down Tony, Tony Stewart in the last turn or two. I, I don't know. Um, been a long way since then. So I'm not sure what the deal is with, that either especially since how bad everyone's been talking about how bad toyotas have been i was shocked to see that you know because the odds are reflecting that with a couple of the other guys it's like so far this year he's been 18 31 17 14 20 like there's yeah, there's not there nothing to to write home about he wasn't even in, in contention this year so I, they're boat anchors because he's 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 performing well now like current form yeah, I, I guess it. is I going it. into it I, maybe if you're trying to you know, put yourself in the minds of the books, but um, in that same vein, you know, why are the books so disrespectful to our guys, McDowell and Busher? Cause I called him out before we hopped on as a top 10 play for both of them. Those, those plays are ridiculously favorable to the gambler. And like you said, sprinkle an outright on there. You could see those guys shock the world. Like, why are we not seeing that? reflected what what do you think is going into that i i have no idea I'm, I'm looking at it here and you know amongst those two guys they're both four for five so eight for ten on top tens this yeah. year they each have a top five they're ranked uh second and fifth in my metric here for you know with fast laps and laps led and run position so it, this just feels like free money on the top 10 and absolutely worth a sprinkle for the the outrights i mean this is just incredible value at 25 to one and 31. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I need to expand as well because we've seen them they're fifth and sixth in my kind of my, my rankings. And this is, that was at tracks where guys are going for the win more. We're, I mean, we're in the playoffs now and we're going to see playoff guys going for stage points and, you know, restarting mid pack and Busher McDowell, you know, even Reddick. They're not going to be going for stage points and they don't care about those you know, places, those points. They're, they're going for the win. So that by default should be shortening those odds significantly because it, it's, it's just so difficult to pass in this new car. Yeah. Great point. And again, somebody not really paying attention to what's actually happening on the track. You know, you're looking back maybe at, the, the Roval stats and, and yeah, the, the, not too great, but this season, these two guys have shown up like the props to them. They're both performing really well. And I hope the odds stay this way all week so that everybody can get in on these guys because um, the announcers may act shocked 
when we see Michael McDowell. Oh, look at look at little Mike McDowell running six. He's had a great race, you know, here in stage three. We're not going to be shocked when that's right. the case. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Rick Allen, you know, playing <laughs> the role of uh, completely confused. But um, he plays it so well. He does. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 pumped because. You, like I said before, we or as we were getting started here, you guys are on fire. So the fact that uh, we're on a lot of similar plays is making me really happy right now here on a Tuesday. Um, so hopefully it stays that way. So, uh, yeah, any other leans before we kind of close it out? Steve, you want to? You have any that that you have up your sleeve? No, I mean, I'm, this is the first time I've seen Noah Gregson's odds. Looks like he opened at fifty to one. I don't think I have a whole lot of interest there. He's going to have some track time, but um, I, I, don't, I don't really know if um, I'm going to be do, doing much of anything with Noah. I don't know if you want to get any thoughts on Noah replacing Bowman this weekend. Well, it's a shame. We, we didn't yeah, talk about that 100%. news. Absolute shame. I was fully planning on placing an Alex Bowman top 10 bet, you know, concussion, no concussion um, coming into this. So I guess the question that gamblers have to ask themselves is, is it the car or is it the driver? I mean, do you trust Noah enough to be able to do something with a machine that's been in the top uh, 10 here four times in four races? Um, I don't know. Uh, probably not. He's, he's not going to be on my card. And it's not because I don't like Noah. Noah's probably going to be my, you know, one of my top five favorite guys next year when he's in the cup series. I cannot wait to root for him on Sundays. Um, but just getting thrown into this, this car, um, you know, on a road course, he's, he's been doing it on some of the super speedways and stuff, but I just, I don't see him adapting that quickly enough to, to run top 10 in, in the first, the first road course in a cup car. I just don't see it. I, I'll be rooting like hell for him, but I also don't want him to, to take up a place in that top 10 for, for one of our guys either. <laughs> so, um, you know, next year, Noah will have my attention, but, but not on Sunday. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a shame what went down with Bowman and, you know, if you're him, why even come back this year? Like just, just ride it out. Um, once you're out of the playoffs, you know, it's not worth really putting yourself at risk um, with the way these cars have been handling people. So um, yeah, well, don't want to end it on a down note. I want to bring up uh, something to, to close it out here. You guys uh, have been tweeting out in the past uh, in the summertime dart picks. So changing topics here. <laughs> Anyone that follows Speedway Steve 2 on Twitter, it's not just everything with wheels, but everything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you even call it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah yeah, the, the flights, um, yeah. anything that takes flight. I, I don't know. There you go. Um, darts. I mean, yeah. I, I tailed some of your picks, and I know that it's you said before we started, we were chatting about it, how you got into it. We don't need to get fully into it, but it's starting back up again, right, Phil? It is. It is. We uh, Today was the first day back, and we've just got we, – we built, you know, over the, the few months there, we built just an incredible computer algorithm. It spits out value, and, I mean, just – it's the most complicated um, Excel spreadsheet I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was cool to be a part of, and it's, it's a, a winning formula. So if you like betting on everything, then follow us at Speedway Steve too. We have a, a, a paid discord. It's $25 a month that you can find at the dgens.net. 
Uh, you get a three-day free trial if you want to slip in there and get all of our, our racing plays early, get the darts plays. We've got college football. Steve has golf, and he just hit a, a huge outright on Sunday. Not um, quite. It got really close. My coverage just wasn't wasn't quite there to finish the job. But your, your hedge, your hedge hit. Oh, Mackenzie Hughes, right. Yeah, of yeah. Course. So, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of gambling advice in a lot of different sports. But check us out and – Phil, it's awesome that you tail. I, I love it. I love that you're you're betting darts with us. If you're if you're like me, and it's a random you know weekday, and you're like trying to go to bed, and you're like, uh, and you just like have Twitter up, like what the hell can I throw something on? I, I have many times saw your tweet at the right time, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, fuck it, and I'll pull up DraftKings <laughs> and I'll th- I'm like, who did he take? Okay, let me let me throw this in there. And uh, wake up the next morning. I don't even know who I took. I just look at my uh, account. Did it go up? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, good for them. They hit for me. Appreciate it. Props up. So uh, yeah, it, hilarious that you got into that. I I love darts. Uh, playing darts. Didn't know that you could bet on them, but that's the the day and age we're in right now. You can bet on all kinds of stuff. So just about love anything. that you've got an edge there. Um, so yeah, had to throw that in at the end. So I uh, appreciate both you guys. I took way too much of your time. Um, having fun talking with you guys as always it's uh i'm, I'm so glad that we've connected and uh, i can get a chance to to speak with you guys about these races so cut off race perfect time to have you on and i um, glad you guys are having a great season remember to check out every betting everything with wheels um on the absolute degenerate podcast and um yeah appreciate it guys Thanks for having us again, Phil. This is I really look forward to doing it for the last couple of weeks. Glad we we got a cutoff race and, and glad we could finally catch up with you. So thanks for having us on for sure. We appreciate it as well, Phil. Uh, I'll be at the race this weekend. So if anybody wants to catch up with me, I think Roy's going to be there as well. So hopefully I catch up with him and uh, it should be a good time. That's right. Yeah. Phil mentioned that before we started recording, we buried the lead. I should have asked that. That's awesome. <laughs> they are going to the race. Um, Damn, definitely people should hit you guys up. That'll be great. Well, have fun. Hopefully, we'll, we'll you see a good one. Yeah. Yeah, All right. It. We'll see how the smoke settles. I uh, appreciate it, guys. Take care, Phil. That's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks once again to Phil and Steve from Speedway Steve 2 for joining me this week to break down the Roval. It was a lot of fun, and we'll see how it goes down so get those bets placed early and uh, we will see you next week for the round of eight the kickoff vegas getting us going next week drive fast take chances and we will see you next week for vegas Place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.